Absolutely. You know, you look at another school too, and there's been some scholarship. I'm going to have to look and drop some names here on this scholarship stuff that we keep talking about. Um, Peter, Peter Lorge was the other guy, right? Peter, Peter Lord. Yeah. yeah. Um, the imp- it's L-O-R-G-E. L-O-R-D, yeah. like a porn. No, like a- I thought it was a G-E. Anyway. Anyway, we'll figure him out too. Yep. But um, that Chen Wu actually came about as a retaliation against the YMCA. Because you got to realize, you know, I don't know if people realize this, but some form of Catholicism has been over in China for at least 450 years. And, you know, some of it's, you know, the athletics and, you know, other things too, you know, learning the English language, all these other, you know, Latin, whatever it may be. But the YMCA has been around for years and years and years and years. Sure. What is it? The Young Men's Christian Association? It is. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... They had a big standing in Hong Kong, you know, British, mm-hmm. British Hong Kong and things like that. And all of a sudden they're like, look, they've got all of our youth in there learning Christianity, learning calisthenics, learning all this, learning all that. We need something just as good. That's Chinese. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what do we have? You know, and all of a sudden you have, a, you have, you know, something like the Chin Wu, which is great. I think Chin Wu is maybe one of the better organizations. Out. I think they have great stuff. And but there, there's a reason that it came about, mm-hmm. you know, the counter to it. There's a cool book out. Um, I think it's called the female Bodhisattva or something like that. But it, it debates that, you know, the reason that Quan Yin actually came to be was because of a uh, retaliation against uh, the Virgin Mary and the Catholic Catholicism. Mm. So they took green Tara from the Tibetans and they're like, yeah, we're going to dress her up, mm. put some sprinkles on her and boom, you got Quan Yin. Sure. sure. Yeah, and I, I think that you know there was a there at that point in time there was a big movement. It was kind of like the you know sort of like a China's it was it was a nationalistic movement you know to sort of uh, put China back on its feet and put it put it back together you know after after the end of the Qing Dynasty. Now let's try to tie this back together to filling in gaps in your system. Is that mm-hmm. filling in gaps in the martial arts or is that trying to fill in gaps in the culture? That's that's filling in gaps of a. Uh, a dialogue, if you will. Yeah, for sure. I think it, but I think that at a, at a sort of meta level, you can almost create a correlation between that and what happened in the martial arts. Like, you know, it's sort of a cultural level. There was such a, a such a rift in the society uh, after the end of the Qing dynasty, and then you know there was a short brief period where there was some st- what was briefly stable under the Republicans, and then you know, and then they fought the Japanese, and then sure. you know, then then the nationalists were fighting the communists, and then you know, then the communists took over, and then in 1949, and then you know, by 1963, 64, something like that, was when the the Cultural Revolution started happening. So, really, they had a period of stability of like what, like maybe 15 years. Um, after right. the after the communists right, took over right, to right. like kind of restabilize their society before it, it all just went straight upside down for another you know decade plus um so yeah you know i mean it's christ that's like you know on and off it's like 50 or 60 years with like really heavy duty instability and so you know i could i can see the 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 need on, no matter what the circumstances to try to create some more stability and to try to put the society back together to a certain extent and, you know, I, I think, you know, if you look at it on a sort of historical, political, like world stage, you got that same, that same thing I was just talking about before, which is, you know, we, in order to sort of rationalize what's happening in the present and to try to make sense of it, you know, you want to try to connect to the better parts of your own past. Sure. And I think whether that's on a personal level or a national <laughs> level. Actually, yeah, a spiritual level, whatever it may be, you know, you look at it too, though, it's such a dialogue shift again, because, 
you go back and look and most of the really good fighters were illiterate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, or, or, you know, they were, they, you know, either were considered thugs or bodyguards. Sure. And they were the low life. They were the dregs. They weren't mm-hmm. looked at by higher society. They had, I think they had higher society had to find a way to be like, okay, that is a skill and that is a culture. And we need to repackage this. Mm. To, and that's when you start integrating in, you know, the spiritual side of things. That's sure. when you start integrating in, you know, your five elements. That's when you start integrating in, you know, um, the Qigongs and, mm-hmm. all, and all the other stuff. It's like, is, uh, it, not only can you beat somebody's ass with this, but you can learn to cultivate yourself. Mm. And that yeah. goes along with the national dialogue cultivation, you know, right. we're, we're, that the idea of self cultivation. That's it. Yeah. And put, you know, create the health in the body and, mm-hmm. you know, the health and the spirit, yeah. the health in the nation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting what you said. It's just sort of an aside. I always had wondered like if, if, you know, our society is so literate these days that, that this isn't really an issue, but like if it was, you know, 150 years ago or something when literacy didn't matter as much. Sure. You know, we weren't Farm as, boys. we weren't as dependent on it. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, would that make you a better martial artist? Say if you had the opportunity to study martial arts, but you, you were illiterate and like your, your livelihood or whatever didn't depend on literacy. Would you be a better martial artist just because, you know, you weren't reading about it or you know what I mean? You were just out there practicing more or could be. And, yeah. and I'm going to tell you something it's else too. Hypothetical there. No, I, I, I like this. And because track. this goes along with something that I, I've always thought about quite a bit. Uh, I didn't finish my teacher's license. Mm-hmm. I was going to teach uh, English literature, even though I can barely speak it. Uh, but I, I loved um, studying to become a teacher. I loved curriculum. I loved lesson planning and things like that. And I think what we need to realize is there are other forms of intelligence besides literacy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, not to harp on Byron. I just like picking on that kid, but he was saying that D's teacher in Xing Yi, uh, his master, Di Guoyong, his teacher was not literate at all. Sure. But yeah, yeah. you could talk any move in any form and he could show you right now. Sure. He had another form of intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a, a memorization, mm-hmm. you know, body mechanics, mm-hmm. you know, it's like kinesthetic memory, man. That's exactly right. And yep. so I think we need to understand that. And that could be another way of training your martial art too. Fill in the gaps. Okay. Sure. Are, are you, cause, uh, you know, how does the system move? What is your balance in it? You know, mm-hmm. all the, all those other things I talk about over and over and over again. What are ranges of motion that go outside of what you consider to be your system? Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe it might be time for you to explore those ranges of motion that get outside of your system. Sure. Yeah. You know, and I think, well, it's like, okay, well, if you go ahead and explore something like that, then, then if you find value in it, do you keep it to yourself or do you actually add it to your curriculum and then go to teach it? I mean, those are like two do or three different Do you talk to questions. other people that do your system also and be like, hey, I've been re- I've been thinking about this. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about it? Oh, well, that's not part of what yeah, the system oh, yeah. is. Yeah. That's not what – that's not what, you know, crowd ma you know, mm, boxing. Sure, yeah. That's not what this is. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, I mean, it's like with boxing, it's like, okay, well, what if you added two illegal punches? Cause they've got a number of illegal punches in boxing. You know, you can't do backfist. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect example. So what if you, you know, you were boxing and then you started backfisting people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I look at it this way. It's like, oh shit. Yeah. But are you boxing? There's probably a reason that they made it illegal in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. Are you boxing like they boxed in Cuba? Are you boxing like they box in Mexico? Amen. Are you boxing like they box in Italy? Are you boxing like they box in Russia? Dude, there's some old school 
like freaking Eastern block guys out there that's like, dude, their boxing skills are legit and it, but it's how they practice the sure. method of what boxing is. Uh, I'm going to do a shout out to somebody I've never mentioned on the show. And if anybody's really big into Western boxing and just want, or, you know, was looking to get into shape and looking for a great starting point, I cannot suggest my friend Fran Sands enough. He's over in UK. He teaches professional boxers. He's done boxing pretty much his whole life. And I think that's somebody that really has a good curriculum and a good way to teach it even online. And he has a free book out. Um, just check out myboxingcoach.com and look at Fran Sands. You can check out his videos on YouTube and he does amazing things. But I love Western boxing, but it's always fascinating because they're all using the same strikes, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They're exactly, they're always yeah. in the same footwork, but it, you know it's their stance, their postures, yeah, their the hand methods. You know the approach. Mm-hmm. If, if we've all got the same tools, we all have a human body. You know if we're, you know if you're blessed with two eyes, two ears, a nose, you know two hands and two legs that are all the same length. Well, then you know how do you use that to express what is boxing, what is grappling, what is chin mm-hmm. what is bagua, what is wing chun? You know. So here's my here's my question around that. So then what at what point does it cease to be boxing? You know, if you start, if you started adding different types of footwork, if you started adding things to it, because the thing I kind of like about mixed martial arts a little bit is it's very sort of, well, does it work? Okay. Well, you know, there are rules here, Mm -hmm. but they're the rule sets about as liberal as you can get and still, you know, keep it reasonably safe. Mm -hmm. So then it's like, okay, well, you know, if you wanted to try, uh, you know, a flying back fist or whatever, you could do it. And I've seen him do it. And yeah, I love sure. it. Yeah. You know, and either, either, you know, it works or it doesn't work. A few taekwondo kicks that are getting thrown in there. And sure. I'm seeing yeah. more and more of the taekwondo style kicking. Mm-hmm. It's not the entire system. And that's another thing too. Do you need to learn the entire system? Mm-hmm. Maybe you learn a one or two. It's a whole different thing. Oh yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it's fascinating. Are you familiar with a, a, it's a it's a soup. It's called chipino. You ever heard of chipino? <laughs> Are we talking about food again? Yeah, we're always talking about food. I'm, I'm on the show. So I heard a, a lame story about how chipino came about. It's it's a seafood. Mm-hmm. It's a seafood soup. Hmm. And the the story that I've heard was is that everyone at the end of the day that were the fishermen, they had a big pot of uh, tomato stock, and then somebody would throw in a crab. And somebody had thrown a lobster. Somebody had thrown some shrimp. Somebody would throw in, you know, a couple mm. of fish and stuff like that. So you get this mixed seafood soup, right? That's how I look at MMA. You know, mm. mm-hmm. okay, we're getting boxing. Well, we're, you know, maybe, maybe you're doing the Japanese style of boxing because they definitely have their own style of boxing over there. It looks exactly like everybody else's boxing, but how it's constructed and how it's taught mm-hmm. is very unique to them. Uh, we're gonna throw in some. Uh, a little bit of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but we're going to throw in something different. We're going to throw in some um, uh, catch-as-can wrestling, which is making a mm. good comeback. You yeah, know, sure. Shout out to uh, Jake Shannon down the street there, the scientific wrestling. Um, you know, So you got some ground game, a little bit of BJJ, a little bit of catch-as-can wrestling. Um, you've got a little bit of uh, judo. You've got a little bit of uh, Muay Thai, mm. right? And uh, so let's look at that, you know, Muay Thai. That's from Thailand, <laughs> right? Judo. Judge Japan, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu from Brazil. You know, we got our, we got Japanese boxing or maybe you got Italian boxing. Doesn't matter. But what I like about it is you've got martial arts from all over the world. Maybe you've got some Greco Roman wrestling, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's taught here in America, you know, so it's Greco Roman and roots, but it's Americanized in how it's taught. Mm. So 
MMA becomes a world, a global phenomenon of a mixed martial arts. It's not just, you know, it's all from America. Right. It's all, it's all from Italy. Sure, it's yeah. all from Greece. You know, I, I, I find that fascinating. Mm-hmm. That's cool. You know, and, and as, uh, uh, I've heard Tim Cartmel say, you know, shout out to Tim Cartmel. Love that guy. Um, you know, I've really, I, I really appreciate it because he looked at it almost from, he looked at it, what I interpret is this more of like a statistics approach. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And, you know, and I think we've mentioned that here and it, it, it basically boils down to, yeah. I mean, who's got the biggest sample size in terms of martial arts and techniques and things tried and things not tried and things done, you know? Uh, yeah. The UFC, they've been doing it the longest. They've had the most professional fights, um, you know, moving all the way from We've basically on film too. Yeah. You can go back and watch it. Yeah. All of it, you know, from, from, from no rules to some rules to, you know, when I started watching it, they were still wearing shoes. So, you know, oh, man, when I started watching it, you had, had sumo wrestlers, you know, you had sumo guys in yeah. there, you had individual artists, you know, there's a couple way a guy. Yeah. It was all, it was all style based, you know, and, and it's really, it's just, you know, they really, it took it 20 years, but they really started to figure out kind of what really works. Like, granted, there's, there's, there's still a rule set, you know, I love the people who start jumping up and down and you start talking about it and they start talking about, oh, the, the rules and, you know, blah, 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 that wouldn't work on the street or whatever. And I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I'm, I'm more inclined to think that somebody who fights and trains like that on a regular basis is going to be way safer in a street fight than somebody who doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not how to deal is, with force and impact. Oh, for sure. And then all of a sudden and, you just throw a mindset. Okay. Now you're going to learn how to deal with a knife, mm-hmm. different mindset yeah, because those people thing. are used to being coached also. Mm-hmm. And that is a big difference. I think in a lot of, you know, traditional martial arts, mm-hmm. they're looking at the title more. Oh, I've got to be sensei. I've got to be Sifu. Sure, yeah. But how are you coaching your student to learn on their own time? Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden you take this MMA person that knows how to learn mm-hmm. and listen to somebody teach them. And you're like, okay, we're going to take similar movements that you're already used to and teach you how to defend you against a knife. Yeah, sure. I mean, my God. And it's a mind shift. Mm-hmm. People are looking too much at, oh, well, this is for the street. This is for the ring. Yeah. I'll, I'll take a competent, I'll take a competent MMA guy any day yeah. and bring him on in a Wing Chun class. And I guarantee you, I'm going to try to coach him. Maybe a different approach. Let's forget about learning a classical Chinese martial art. Mm-hmm. Let's look about how to deal with force and pressure. And then I'm going to give you the fancy names later. Sure. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if you, uh, the, and I think that you know, weapons just completely changes everything. Sure, yeah, that's a whole different ball of wax because you know you could take somebody who knows nothing and has a knife, and you know, somebody who knows you know is a professional martial artist, and I don't know. You yeah, know? yeah, it's it's I a mean, it's a throw up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a toss in the air because you know weapons. I mean, that's and it's. I think I think once again it was Tim who told me this, and I've always remembered it. And he was like, "Yeah, you know, or no, it was actually Loda Show. Loda Show told me this. He's like, yeah, he's like empty hands. He's like, it's win lose. He's like weapons. That's life death. It's a whole different game. You're yeah. playing a whole. You're playing at a and whole again, different there's level. There's a mindset. There's yeah. the mindset. That's absolutely right. And uh, this, uh, this old, uh, Eskrima, I think he was an Eskrima master. Um, you know, his, I can't remember his name. His name was Angel, uh, damn. Not Angel Cabrera. It might have been. No, <laughs> get out of here. Um, the, uh, anyway, but I always remember the quote that he said and he was just like, he's like, yeah, basically his, his quote was like, yeah, if you fuck with me, I will kill you. Yeah. And, and I was like, 
There yeah, you I mean, go. You know, yeah. that, that's going to let you know where you fucking stand. And he was serious. No, I, mean, I know, right? Guy. Right? I mean, you know, this guy had been in like, you know, 15 knife fights with mm-hmm. like, you know, sticks and knives. And I was just like, yeah. I mean, he, he had, I was in a video and he pulled up his shirt. These, these terrible knife wounds in his abdomen where oh, he got sure. stabbed, you know? And mm-hmm. I was like, Jesus Christ. So yeah, different level, different mindset, mm-hmm. whole different thing. Produces a different human being Very, too. Yeah, definitely produces a whole different, and your game is, your whole, your game is different. Like how you're going to approach things. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I think the hard part is, is when you start taking, you start taking like empty hand, which is, I think, f- granted, it can be life death, but for the most part, I think it's more win lose. And people start applying the life death, the life death mindset to the empty hand stuff. And it's like, shit, you know, uh, <laughs> maybe, I mean, does the situation call for that? But like just escalating, like right out of the gate, like you're fucking jabbing people in the eyes and like, you know, trying to tear somebody's junk off or something, you know, it's just like, I don't think that's, that's not, that's not going to fly, at least not in the States anyway, in terms of, you know, like going to court afterwards. <laughs> well, he looked at me wrong, so I poked out his eyeball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, 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 I know we were definitely a little far afield, but yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, it's just different mindsets for, for different things. Are you filling in your, um, <laughs> Are you filling in your dance aerobic martial arts class with eye gouges? Because that's a good way to fill in. I got this big gap. I don't have any eye gouges. I learn how to eye gouge 40 different ways. Right. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, you know, I think that, I think that, you know, it's all, I suppose in, in, in the long and the short of it is, you know, when you want, if you, it's up to you whether you're going to fill in the gaps in your system and then how you're going to fill in the gaps in your system. Or if you feel there are any gaps in your system, maybe you got the complete thing and you're happy with it. Again, I always think even if you're trying to fill in the gaps or you don't, you feel like you have a complete system, mm-hmm. the one thing, and this is the piece of advice that I think I'd love to give for people that feel like they've got the whole package is look at different ways to train the, the whole package, if you will. Because, mm. I, mean, yeah, I, I mean, how you teach and why you teach and what you teach, they can be different things or maybe you can coalesce them at some point. Maybe they have to coalesce. Mm. But looking at, you know, what is Wing Chun? What is Bagua? What is Xingyi? What is Tai Chi? You know, what is whatever it is you teach? Mm. And then looking at things that might be similar from a whole different – it doesn't even have to be martial arts. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day about line dancing. Like, you think that'd be good? I'm like, yeah, it's a cooperative two man form, <laughs> right? You're not trying well, to, I mean, you know, if you're, the, if there's you're, timing, there's balance, there's distance, there's a certain speed. You've got to keep a tempo. I mean, if, it, you're, if you're at the gay bar, it might be a two man form. <laughs> hey, you know, you never and know. No worries about that. That's it, man. Yeah. yeah dude. You had to pick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's been long enough for me. I might need to uh, make a phone call or two. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you know, if you're going to go line dancing. That might be a thing. Might be a thing. All right. 